my name is Sonic Architect Adam and this is the best of No Encore 2023. We made it back. I've been counting down the days since 2022's best of came out. And uh, oh my God, have we got an, an absolute belter of a show lined up for you. Um, thank you so much to everybody for listening this year and for sending in your best bits. The listeners have sent in their best bits to us via our Instagram and via our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash noencore if you'd like to sign up and support the show if you haven't already. Thank you to all that support there already as well. Um, but it's voted for voted for by us, by you. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to, to bring this back to you this year. I'm going to be running you through the show this year as I did last year. And... Yeah, what a great one we've got lined up. And let me tell you how I know that. The reason I know that is because I've spent the last couple of weeks, and this is no word of a lie, I've listened to every episode of No Encore that came out this year. Now, I will caveat that with, I haven't listened to every episode of Before the Encore again, and I haven't listened to the No Popcorn on Tar again, but I absolutely have listened to every weekly episode that came out and the quizzes. And it was an absolute blast. I had so I had so much fun. I really did. And um have loved putting this together. I've loved like cutting the clips, listening back to the show. I found myself in tears laughing. I found myself really enjoying the chats that we've had on the show and uh, our amazing guests that we've had this year in a year of change when we've changed the format to, you know, not having two static co-hosts anymore. Although we were rejoined by Craig Fitzpatrick, former co-host of the show, to uh, recap the year with us. If you haven't listened to that, that's in your feeds now. It's our No Encore Award Spectacular 2023. Um, you can find that in the it's the last episode that came out before this one. So if you haven't listened to it, um, you have a lot to catch up. Well, you don't have a lot to catch up on, but there's a lot to enjoy there. Um, it's a three-hour epic. I've been starting to listen to podcasts on double speed, as you might imagine, um, with all the stuff that I've had to go back through. But... You know, you'll get through it. You get through it. There's a lot of laughs to be had in there. It's definitely worth it. The juice is worth the squeeze. Um, but I'm here anyway this week to bring you something a little different. It's the best bits of the year. Like I say, voted by uh, voted by us here at No Encore, voted by the guests, voted by the listeners uh, and our patrons as well. So thank you to everybody that sent in their bits. Really, really glad to have you on board for this. And of course, this is for you guys. You know, it's not... Uh, it's 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 great for us to recap the year, but it's also, you know, it's for you as a flavor to just feel what it's like for a whole year at No Encore and all of these great moments that have happened. And we're really, really glad to be able to bring them to you in one full episode, however long it's going to take. So welcome to the best of No Encore 2023. So what you're going to hear is the best bits in the same format as the show. First of all, you're going to hear us chit-chatting at the start. You know, our best bits from there, settling into the show. You're going to hear the best bits from the news section and you're going to hear the best bits from our top five. But it wouldn't be a best of tradition without taking you into the quiz and our best bits from the quizzes that happened in the feeds this year. We had two this year, a barrel of laughs. Really, really had a good time. So uh, yeah, enjoy these clips from the two No Encore Quizzes 2023. Um, okay, so... Zara, I need you to procure me an audio round, please. You've done, you've got the piece of paper in your hand. What are we going to be doing now, please? Saturday Night Live intros. Adam, set the tone. <laughs> you told me there wasn't this round. <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> Who's not in a good mood after that, huh? Huh? Just want to say that Mark and I are both 
also like Shulking. Yeah. yeah. Like, you told me th- this wasn't around. You invented this round. Yeah. Now, so there's no way I, I come off well in this. <laughs> <laughs> so you told me there was this round was not on the roster. Well, I wouldn't like. It's not my job to. Oh, tell are you, you trying to find out what the rounds were? Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> oh my god. There you go. Uh, oh, and I held firm. I lied to him. I wasn't really trying to work. Yeah, let's have number 15. And in this one, I love this one because, like, it's very clear that the band are in a rush. Uh, so this person gets cut off <laughs> while they're speaking. Is this for me? Uh, it yeah. is for yeah. you, yeah. So Sorry. we're going to play this a couple of times because, like, it's it's comical. Oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie Ray. <laughs> what the fuck? That drummer's flight was going. Let's hear that again, please. Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie Ray. Uh, maybe one more time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie Ray. Oh. Even the drum, the, uh, the is it Christian Slater? It's Christian Slater. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's my guess as well. I'm very impressed. Well I'm done. I'm very impressed. Yeah. For the Bonnie Ray. Bonnie Ray. Yeah. yeah. Who won? Is that what? What? Oh, no, never mind. Bonnie Ray. Yeah. What song was that? I don't know. Because okay. it sounded like, like replacements or something. It didn't sound like, it sounded like, but like, the it sounded like a drummer. punk band or something. <laughs> trying to interrupt them. That's so genius. It's great. Number four goes to Mark Conroy. Now, Danny. Yes. What's going on? (laughs) No, she does look bizarre. I'm presuming you can check your makeup in her face. I mean, it's so shiny now. No, she looks like a spoon with hair. (laughs) People around the world are crying out for Botox. She's used it all up. I mean. You've got, I feel bad for her because she knows she's there because of her looks, not for her musical contributions to the music industry. <laughs> so she knows why she's there. Oh, how dare you do that to me? Who do you think you are? How could you be so cruel? I'm so old. How could you be so cruel to me? So who, uh, who, who took a point in the second half of that wildly is, problematic is that clip? The first lady of rock and roll, Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, the first lady of rock and roll, Sharon Osbourne. Okay, so can we have the next one? This one goes to Mark Conroy. And yes, this one is one of those, like, there's a lot of energy in this one. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rock and roll. Some might say the meanest girl, Lindsay oh. Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> it is Lindsay Lohan, uh, who was very hyped about Pearl Jam. Zara, you need this to close the round. The last yeah. clip in the round, Impression. and I can only end this round one way, and here it is. How would you describe your own music? My music's influenced, you know, by different bands like Nirvana, Radiohead, The Cure, PJ mm. Harvey. Yeah, I like, I'm liking your taste very much. And mm. what are you going to sing for us today? Angel. Angel, and you've got some dates coming up? Yeah, we're playing the Borderline tonight and then Liverpool, the Cavern, and Dublin, Wheelands, and then doing an American tour. And, um, and have you found it sort of playing in front of people? Because people are unfortunately going to have an expectation with your name and your heritage. How do you kind of get past that? Um, how do I get past it? Just by doing it, I guess. Yeah, just getting up there and, and rocking out. Just getting up there, <laughs> just getting up there and rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Everyone having connections in the studio. Uh, Sarah. It is Liverpool's son. It is James McCartney. It's James uh, McCartney. Yeah. Liverpool. The Cavern. <laughs> Whelan, Dublin Whelans. Yeah. That uh, might have been the time that you it was in Whelans that time, yeah, and he backed out. Uh, <laughs> everyone's show show favourite, James McCartney there. Craig Patrick, yes. number three, one of my favourite of all time, and I want everyone to pay special attention to how this clip ends and the contrast throughout. I think Craig will only need one go here, but let's see what happens. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the man you came to see, Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one so much as well. Yeah. It's Ben Affleck. It's Ben Affleck. Yeah, Can we hear that again, please? So <laughs> the catch in his voice. The sounds hung over. Yeah. Like, and the guy yeah. at the end just got... <laughs> Yes, I do. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the man you came to see, Kanye West. (laughs) (laughs) And the astonishing performance of Black Skinhead, I believe it was. Um, I always imagine him with like a Duncan cup in his hand. (laughs) 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 Number uh, seven, six to Zara. And I think, uh, with all due respect, (laughs) if you don't get this one. (laughs) Okay, go on. No pressure. Ladies and gentlemen, panic at the disco. Let's hear that one again, just just for fun. Ladies and gentlemen, panic at the disco. Oh, what a wonderful concoction of things. It's just brilliant. Craig. I've is... got a question, Nod. <laughs> I got a fever. It's Christopher Walken. It's Christopher Walken. Adam, can we hear that one more time, please? It's just so good. Ladies and gentlemen, panic at the disco. <laughs> they goes. must have booked them just for that. That like. is so genius. <laughs> Those SNL choices never fail to get a couple of laughs out of me. But uh, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the show proper. The meat and bones and no encore. And before, like I said, we get to the new section, there's usually a bit of chit chat. But some of those sections have heralded some of the funniest moments, certainly some of my favourites of the year. Expect to hear what it's like to travel around with all of your musical instruments and gear on a scooter. A bit of chat about nightmares in more ways than one. And an outsider's view on what it's like to work in hot press among many, many others. These are our favourite bits from before the news. So the scooter tour. Yeah. This is your second scooter tour of Ireland. True. And like it sounds, you will be going from county to county, venue to venue to play shows. You're on a scooter. Yes. The scooter that you've revealed that your mother tried to bribe you to come. So like, is this some kind of weird appeasement thing to be like, <laughs> I will come home, but I will not be around. <laughs> that, so, so that happened when I was still in college. Uh, my mom was like, if you move home, I'll buy a scooter. <laughs> I was like, yes. But then I was commuting from Bray into Thomas Street in Dublin. So not, it wasn't ideal and it wasn't great for certain days of the week, but I love that little thing. And I guess because being a scooter owner in Ireland is so impractical that I was like, what's the like ultimate thing I could do with this scooter? And that's kind of it. But last year I was like gearing up to do it. I'd firmly put the cart before the horse. I'd like announced dates. I'd booked the gigs. I'd been talking about it all over the internet to whoever would listen. And then I took this like bandy old scooter that I've had for like eight, nine years. And it was already old to a garage to be like, right, do it up there and I'll bring it on the road. And the garage was like, do not drive this, this thing. I'm surprised this will get you home. And I was like, oh, what do you know? That's so romantic, you know? <laughs> it's going to be great. And uh, But then as I was driving at home that night, it just felt like the wheels were wobblier than usual and I was just getting spooked by any little bump and I was like, eh. But uh, it was too late. I'd gone past the point of no return, so I like had to like crack into my houseboat fund 
and try and buy a new scooter from Scooter Island. So it's, I'll never financially recover, but it's gorgeous and like brand new. So I actually have like just a year old scooter now. Just one day in my life, I want to be able to turn around to somebody and say, I had to break into my houseboat from you. <laughs> I hope it happens. I wonder who I'll be then. So hang on. Um, be just like me. The film's called Live Wire. It's from 1992. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to give you the synopsis now. Well, actually, I'll give you the tagline, right? Tagline is, your body is 93% water. No one is safe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, what? That's the tagline. Uh, Danny O'Neill... <laughs> Give you a tenor to guess who plays him. Uh, this rhyme with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> it's Pierce Brosnan, everybody. Uh, Danny O'Neill is a bomb disposal expert assigned to a case where terrorists have developed an invisible liquid explosive which is activated within the human body. They put it into water, you know. And it's they, a dissolvable, it's a, yeah. it's a soluble capsule. And I'm telling you, man, this film is fucking wild. It opens up with like Pierce Brosnan like, and he has to like defuse a bomb in a woman's car. And so he has to like put his head down between her legs and it's like, she's like a babe. And, you know, he's very much like flirting with her while he does it. And she's like, well, I was cheating on my boyfriend. So this is why this happened. And he's like, don't cheat on your boyfriend anymore. Like, I'm- <laughs> and then at the end That's the- fantastic <laughs> advice. And then at the end of the movie, wouldn't you know it? She's caught in the situation again. Oh, my God. Because she's promiscuous. Um, so as for him, though, he is a real wife guy in this mm-hmm. film. He's like mega divorced. And oh, he's like no. It's, like, it's Mrs. Doubtfire taking a different turn. Well, he, like, he's, in, he's in that movie a year later. Um, that's what I mean. So in this one, though, you know, he's um, you know, a rock star bomb disposal expert because they had those yeah. in the 90s. It's like how we have a rock star state pathologist. Yeah, it's true. We do. <laughs> and so... Uh, he like he pines for his wife. There's even a scene where he like talks to her and he like breaks down and he literally goes, "I ache for you. I ache for you." There's Whoever also a, wrote that script needs to be subjected to the bomb. It's a, the, bomb, the bomb that the bomb. this film talks about. There's a constant like rock guitar soundtrack that Lethal Weapon would find too excessive. Um, nice. It's astonishing, but I will say like you know. Uh, the bombing of it all is that like you know people are blown up from the inside but their eyes go red and their body kind of like breaks open it's really horrific but this is a film that contains a sequence in which um <laughs> a clown explodes <laughs> <laughs> that's the one clip I've it's seen. the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> guys it's on youtube you got to go did i mention my therapist recently on the show and the weird thing he said to me i can't remember if i mentioned this on the show or not I think you mentioned it to me, but we were off air. Okay, well, I can tell everyone now. Uh, I don't think he listens, but uh, if he is, hey man, how you doing? Uh, two weeks ago, I was in a session with him. I think it was two weeks ago. Or, yeah, some. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. There or thereabouts. Three weeks now. Who, who cares? Anyway, the point is, it was around the old Valentine's Day coming up week. Oh, I, you're you're telling this story. <laughs> what's, what story do you think it was? No, no, no. Yeah, I, I yeah, this is good. Uh, this is good, but him. I hope he doesn't listen. I, this, I, I'm you're not giving just, nothing away. I'm not disparaging him. No, no. No, um, and if anything, he gave a lot away by the sound of things. He certainly did, yeah. So, sitting in the office, and uh, I said, I was like, oh, look, you know, it's, I'm feeling a bit lonely lately, you know, I'm just like, it's hard to meet people, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, Valentine's Day was coming up, and I was like, who gives a fuck about the stupid greeting card holiday? But it reinforces those feelings, and you see, you know, every second Instagram story is someone who's, like, fucking loved up. It's disgusting. They should be ashamed of yeah. themselves. Scum. Subhuman scum. So the point is, right... Um, I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, doing my usual woe is me thing. It's a therapy session. That's what you're supposed to do. And he got out of his chair and he like walked towards the window behind me and he was like, look out there. And he was like, look at all those people. I was like, where is this going? And he was just like, oh, you know, there's someone out there for everybody. And I was like, yeah, you feel that way. I don't feel that way. Mm. And he sits back down. This guy's like, he's got to be like 60s, like probably late 60s, you know, Uh, unassuming. Nice man. And he goes, 
trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I've been around the block. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> sorry? And he goes, I hope he listens. Reinforced. Did he say it again? Did he say the exact same? There was a moment later on, the conversation had moved on to something else and he was talking about whatever and he goes, look, I'm no saint. And I went, I know, you've been around the block. <laughs> and he goes, callback. and he goes, I fucking have. I, f- I fucking have. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> How was it delivered, all of this? Oh, like playful and, you know, we were laughing about it, you know. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's a dark horse. He is um, a dark horse, yeah. Jeez. Uh, and I told him that I got a girl's number there, like, last week. And right. he he lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> he was so excited. I can't... Did he's he gonna, ask you for it? <laughs> <laughs> he's a married man. I... Um, tell me about the first shows, like the kind of the first enemy shows when you kind of found your groove or even any... Your early... living room, wasn't it? Yeah, so I used to have these, like, basically my parents um, used to go on holidays quite a lot. Um, and we have this, like, very lovely house that has, like, a big sitting room. And um, God love my parents. Like, it was a new build house and they would go away to Spain for two weeks and I would throw these absolutely insane parties that had like <laughs> Adebisi Shank, Squarehead, Enemies, um, loads of like genuinely 10, 15 bands on the bill. To, you like, had a half pipe in the front garden. Half pipe <laughs> in the front like, garden. American was, teen movie style <laughs> yeah, house party. It almost feels... Red cups. Like it Alien almost and feels, Firm were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah. But it does feel kind of fake to talk about. Like it feels like it wasn't real. But we used to throw these parties all the time. And yeah, our the first shows for Enemies um, were, were there. Yeah. Which we only had like two or three songs at the time. But like let's be fair they were probably like still a 20 minute set because <laughs> all our songs used to be so long back then post rock baby yeah 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 um, I just want to say first of all at this juncture that it's unacceptable that we weren't friends at this time I know right I wasn't able to go to this fucking wild yeah if we could only turn back time um they were oh what a time they were they were genuinely wild and god love my like my parents would come home every time and be distraught because there would be like parts of the like ceiling and parts of like the house like coming like like falling apart basically and they would say every single time to me they'd be like we're going away on holidays again please don't have a party and then your dad would find videos on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> so because like oh my he'd be god, like oh so I, I'm for, so proud of my son. I want to like search enemies on YouTube or whatever. It wasn't it wasn't YouTube <laughs> for my birthday. Basically, one year I got um it was again it was like a big party loads of bands playing and there was this video that went up on facebook of me being crowd surfed from my sitting room to my kitchen um and someone put up uh, the video and i wrote underneath it i was like at least my folks don't have facebook and my dad wrote underneath oh yeah i do <laughs> and he loves that story to this day um I think the the year, you know, has it been a good year for music? It is one of those kind of unanswerable questions, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you think, Craig? I mean, a lot of people have been saying it's been quite underwhelming in more ways than one. I, I do think the problem might lie with you guys in terms of, you know, you feel like you fall off the radar and God knows I know what that's like. <laughs> I think it's really important that, like, you've got someone in your life every week, just a kind of young, vibrant, you know, hip 
trusting uh, hip, hip thrusting or hip thrusting? Hip thrusting. I could actually feel the blood draining from my legs before he even got there. Yeah. I mean, just, look, you, you know, say, someone to keep you, yeah, you like listen. connected with the kids and what's current and just someone with their finger on the pulse. Like you're awfully, and I don't know if you've been missing that, guys. You're awfully talkative for somebody who's been sitting there for nine whole months not saying anything. So, I mean, like, once it's all this... It's nice to finally get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas, everybody. Yay! He's back on the show. It's Craig it's a, Fitzpatrick. It's a Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas miracle. It's Dave. It's Adam. It's great to see you both. It's the boys. Uh, it's Christmas finally back. begins. This is... I'm feeling warm. I was feeling nervous before this. So was I, um, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a while. However, I should say... And it's I, I, been a while. I'll double back and I'll say that the, the idea to do awards came from you. So it was your decision too. Yeah, and I almost immediately regretted it when I realised that we'd initially been like, let's do a kind of, you know, news section of old news. I and sent you like 10 topics. stories we could look at. And yeah, you were like, yeah. you being we ever... We could have just done that. Yeah, ever a creative strategist. You were like, why don't we... Sure horn these into awards that we now have to come up Why with. Why not give ourselves more work to do as Christmas closes in in our jobs? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you you guys clearly missed me. Um. <laughs> I won't be spoken for. I'll tell you that. It does feel fitting that like, you know, no, no spoilers, but for such an underwhelming year that you would go for the most underwhelming surprise guest for the final episode. I see what he's doing here. He's doing the reverse psychology thing. Oh, yeah, he yeah. wants me to say, actually, no. No, that's not true. I'm, we are genuinely thrilled to have you back on the show. Thank you. 100%. The is all mine. Like, so for instance, actually, you asked me about sleep paralysis. Mm. I've had sleep paralysis very vividly once upon a time. And this is kind of said to have been a scientific explanation for why, like, in the early kind of... 19th century or so, or 18th century, sorry, 20th century, um, when like gothic horror was really, really um, popular, this was kind of said to have been the scientific explanation as to why people were having these hauntings and, and things like that. But, you know, they're, it's really scary when something like that happens. Like I had, um, I had a, basically this vision while I was, a, you know, kind of my eyes were open that my flatmate who I was living with in London at the time came home in the middle of the night. And so this was pretty normal because we were all kind of in our early 20s. We'd all go out clubbing and come back and all hours of the morning, I dreamt or imagined that she came into my room and just picked up my laundry basket and just started shaking it. And that was it. (laughs) She was just watching me sleep, (laughs) shaking my laundry basket while staring at me. (laughs) It was deeply sinister. And that's like... My, uh, when it comes to kind of like scary dreams and stuff, my least favorite thing is someone not acting quite like themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, oh, no, <laughs> I hate it, I hate it. At different times throughout the band, there would just be little small resentments, I guess, because not everyone is always going to be gung-ho when you're, when you're talking about four people in, in a project together, you know. It's very, very difficult to expect all of the four people to be in the same lane. So even, yeah, thinking back to like around the time that Oisin left, like I think it was kind of post second album, um, you know, me and Louis were were very like balls to the wall, like all in <laughs> on this thing. Um, yeah. Bullish, I'd say, is, prob- is, is how I would describe yeah. it at the time. I, well, I can only really speak for myself, but I was like a, I was a genuine nightmare. So like, <laughs> I, uh, like, like, but from pretty much the very beginning of Enemies, I was a bit of a nightmare. Like, I remember 
own, like I remember Mark getting a part-time job in a pizza place and he told me and I was really angry about it because <laughs> I was like, this is going to take away from us having like rehearsal time and not being able to play gigs. I was 18 years old. He was 18 years old. <laughs> he went to college. I was genuinely annoyed about him, fu- like, you know, helping his own future. I was like, well, that's going to get in the way of playing shows. This is like reverse father, you know, where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, like no. these, these supposed to be the proud moments. Oh, I didn't want anyone in the band to have a life, like... It's really funny because if anybody, if like a friend of mine who's like, and I've had friends of mine here, exceptionally fucking talented, ask me, like, um, get upset about something, you know, that they they might have been looked over or somebody said something about their work. And I'm always just like, fuck that. Like, don't worry (laughs) about it. Like, you know, who the fuck cares what this person thinks of you or whatever. And they're just like, also to the, to put it down to, they're just a person in the world. And their opinion of you shouldn't reign over your, you know, they're not thinking about it. Or if they are thinking about it, whatever. But it's just um, that one pinprick that can get you. But I d- I, it happened to me. It happened to me on this, and I won't say, but there was a review that came that I got. And I was like standing at the bus stop and I was like, <laughs> and I had a moment where I was like, Oh my god, I'm I'm still after so many years so sensitive to like someone saying like one small minor bad thing about me. I'm like, oh, I guess that's it. I guess I'll just throw the album in the bin then. One, <laughs> where where it belongs. <laughs> Not everybody in the world likes yeah. it. Cancel uh, the vinyl. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll burn them all tonight. Um, you know, and it's really, I, I'd love to say that I'm resilient. And, you know, because we all try to tell each other in the creative industries, like, you know, try and be resilient. You got to have a thick skin. You got to be able to this. But we're not resilient. We're all sensitive and we all get, it all gets under our skin. It's just about like having that moment, I guess, and going, well, okay, (laughs) that felt bad, but, you know, I'll get up and keep going and whatever. Um, I, I, you know, as a critic here, I obviously feel terrible for all the, all the hurt I've caused. Yes, you should. I should. I mean, in, in some cases, I, I, I think I've got like a 99% hit rate, guys. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know. I did scratch some emotion this week, guys. I went to see Explosions in the Sky in Vicar Street during mm. the week. Had a big old cry about my dad. Ah, that's lovely. <laughs> it was lovely. It was, it was that kind of gig, you know. It was an emotional time. So yeah, but there was like I mean it, it, was, uh, it was I went with Hugh Carr, friend of the show, former guest, future guest, and he'd never seen them before, and he quite liked it. It was my seventh time seeing the Ooh, band. I remember, I have a memory of being on acid and then sitting beside you <laughs> at Explosions in the Sky. Was that, is that hot? That, that hot? was right before the pandemic, well, wasn't yeah. it? Four years ago. Yeah. Fuck, and it, man, I hate Vicar Street is around the corner from a gaff, and I always see things like that on. And I just can't go. I'm just too busy sometimes. It's so annoying. Because like, you're literally like, I could walk from my house right now and watch explosions in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so... I mean, I woke up that morning very much not in a gig mood and I yeah. kind of powered through and I went to it. I'm glad I did. I mean, like I say, it's my seventh time seeing them. It wasn't the best they've ever been. Right. But it was very, very good. I, w- I don't think I'd be able to differentiate if they're good or not. <laughs> That's fair. The kind yeah, of music I mean, that it is, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was more the set list, which again, right. uh, you know, but like it's so funny because they started off and like, you know, the second they played the very first note of the very first song, like there were lads being like, oh, here we go. And I, like <laughs> oh. one guy just like started laughing next to me and he went like, he went like one note. Like, what the fuck? Like, everyone's losing their minds. <laughs> and, but, it, but it is that kind of a, everyone's just, you know, everyone's there to be blown away emotionally. Yeah. But there was, there was, um, there was a couple in my line of sight and I like, it was just, it was very distracting because like the girlfriend of the couple 
kept looking at her boyfriend. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell at first if she was looking at the balcony or if she was just looking at her boyfriend because she kept looking at her boyfriend with like this kind of awestruck reverie on her face. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, one of two things is happening here. I was like, one is she's like, I love this man so much. Mm. I am so attracted to my boyfriend right now. It's going to be amazing. You know, like this is my future and everything is great. And I'm mm-hmm. here supporting him at his gig because he was just staring straight ahead the whole time. <laughs> so no interaction. There are two very different not, priorities. Not really, yeah. Two people, like, yeah. But she was just looking at him with like goo goo eyes. And I was like, so it's either that or it's that or it's a combination of the other thing, which I thought I was like, maybe at one point she's just like, really? This? Uh, this is your band? Okay. Because <laughs> it was so clear that she was like, yeah, this is nice, but you know, I'm here for him. Do you know that's a lot of people think Explosions in the Sky are lame? Who thinks this? Do you think this? No, I love them. Yeah. And I've always loved them. But uh, I listen to them in my car a few times with people in it. Because I like to listen to like more chilled out stuff when I'm driving around, especially with someone. Because I find that lyrics distract me from a conversation as well. So if I have explosions in the sky on low in the background, it's nice. But like a few times people have been like, who's this? Oh, you like, you're into post-rock, are you? And being like, oh, that's kind of lame. Like, post-rock is yeah, lame. Yeah. Whoever said that is lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, what I mean. I, I'm flipping the script right yeah, now. Well, and then I was asking, I won't tell you who it is, but I was asking them, I was like, well, what do you like? And they're like, oh, you know, like techno, like stuff like that. And I was like, well, to me, that's lame. So like, Do I know who this person is? You probably know them, yeah. You tell me off record, yeah, off yeah, mic. Yeah. We you could you could say it and we could bleep it. <laughs> That's I, I love a good bleep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> from yeah, oh, what the bleeped, yeah. fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. Of all people, I would yeah. not have thought him. Yeah. That, that's he was in it. a he was in a sim, he was a post rock band, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. He was we'll that leave that. We'll, we'll leave the second part. Yeah, in. I'm going to have to. Yeah, that's really not burying the lead. That's <laughs> digging up the lead. No, fact. no, no, no. Keep that second part in because people will, will, will try and guess who it is. Okay, but, fair enough. Um, I'm very, I'm very surprised by that, and I like him, but I will say he's wrong, very wrong, and he can go off and listen to his techno. Welcome on the show anytime, mystery person. But <laughs> I think it's like, it's like coriander. You know, either you think it's the most delicious thing in the world, or it tastes like you know, soap, you know what I mean? And I think that's what horror is. It's the coriander of genres, <laughs> you know, you look at it and if it tastes like soap, no, not doing it, you know. But for me, it was the most delicious of all the fresh um, garnishes. So that's sort of where the germs of my love for horror came from. But if I had a come to Jesus moment, I know exactly where I was, um, the setting, everything. I was 10 years old I know this because my brother Leo, who's now an actor, by the way, uh, and uh, a, a horror enthusiast himself, he was he was being born at the time, and we were staying with my grandmother. Okay, myself, my my brothers, and my sister. And one night, whilst my granny was asleep, my my brother said to me, "Psst, Padge, oh, uh, look, let's go into the 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 bedroom there, the guest room, because there's a movie on, and it's like I, apparently it's the scariest movie ever." And we've got, we got to watch it quiet, though, because Granny's asleep in the other room. So we all huddle into this room. And it was one of those kind of TVs that was on stilts, kind of like the Simpsons television with the antennas. Oh, like the of, rabbit ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and it was had one of those kind of twisting dials to turn on. You'd twist it and it'd go... And it would power on like that. And I remember the moment. The second my brother's hand twisted the knob of the television and the TV shot on, my life changed forever because the first thing I saw was a pumpkin... And that iconic score, 
Didn't know what the movie was. Didn't know what the name of it was. All I was told was this is the scariest movie ever. It was, of course, Halloween. Now, here's the thing. Um, the room that I was in was, this, was be- this bedroom was from the 70s. Everything was wood paneled. Uh, everything was avocado green. You know what I mean? It was the most 70s room ever. And this was my first example of interactive cinema because I might as well have been sitting in a Haddonfield watching this movie. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, and I didn't know who Michael Myers was. You know, he, 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 the image of Michael Myers has been watered down a little bit. I mean, I'm you a, mean due to all of the sequels and the reboots? Of course, and, like he's a, it's a ubiquitous image, you know, the, the William Shatner mask and this and this and, and that. And just like, the plain blue boiler suit. Yeah, exactly. Inspiration for Slipknot in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I had no knowledge of who this person was and the lack of knowledge of what he looked like, who he was, made it the most terrifying experience ever. It's kind of hard to watch Halloween these days and not be like, oh, that's your man, you know? And I suppose that's the case with most horror icons. He's also here alongside first-time guest, uh, long-time acquaintance, I suppose. We'll get to that. It's uh, the one and only Robert Higgins. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me, Dave. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> long time since I've been listening to it. I'd say first couple of weeks of the show in general. You've been listening so, to the show since then? Yeah, that wow. long. That's fucking unbelievable. So, oh, my God. Yeah. He's an OG fan. Press back in the day, yeah. so. This is the thing. So uh, Dahi and Robert are here today to talk about Lakelands, the brand new film, which is out as of this podcast dropping. It's out in select Irish cinemas. We'll talk all about that later in the show. Talk about the music of it, the making of it. We're going to get into the whole damn thing. And, you know, it's a good occasion for you to be on the show. But yeah, straight away, I guess, uh, Rob, if I may. Do you go by Rob or is that me being too? Rob, yeah. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to go with Rob. <laughs> uh, you, I have in my notes here the very first thing I wrote down when it came to Q&A for Lakelands, which I was going to do later in the show, but we can just do it now. Uh, Rob's sordid hot press past. <laughs> so, um, yeah. like Unveiled. <laughs> I've talked in this show before. People may not be surprised to learn that I once worked for the, nas- the national magazine of the country, Hot Press. Uh, Rob came along uh, the during... magazine of record. <laughs> <laughs> they should call themselves that. Um, I think they, no, they're like keeping our own safe for rock and roll or something is their insane tagline still. But Rob, uh, you did a stint in Hot Press while I was there. And this would have been, I want to say, 2011, 2012? 2013, I think it was. Yeah. Even better. Uh, yeah. Now, I remember you being there as this, you know, young, handsome, talented book. And I was like, <laughs> I, I must say, I'm really nervous that I was an asshole. No, you were, you were uh, by far, I would say, the best person in the office. Dave. Unbelievable. Oh, what wow. a result. Wow. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I arrived at the, the hot press ready to live the, the almost famous kind of dream of being a young music journalist. Well, we all did. And, we, uh, they all did yeah. yeah. And uh, Roderick Swiftly <laughs> began transcribing other interviews for people. <laughs> My other journalists were uh, Just kept doing that for months. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Dave was kind of gracious enough. I think he brought me for a pint at uh, Dave Lane and uh, kind of was the first one to lay the lay the, the cards on the table that uh, this, this is, is not almost famous <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you'd figured it out by that point <laughs> but yeah I'm glad I gave you the armour around the shoulder because I, I genuinely was like gosh you know because I would have been going through a ton of you know angst and just <laughs> rage at my situation so there's every chance I would have just taken it out on, on the new intern or something so no not at all I remember oh god Jesus had just come out at the time and we discussed that on the first day and it was good from there wow. no. Have you ever heard someone more earnestly 
confess that they're a genuine nightmare other than Lewis Jackson of Enemies. I don't think so. Um, that bit, again, catches me every single time I hear it. Had to go in. Had to be one of the best bits of the year. But some more best bits of the year occurred in our news section. Um, I think that kind of speaks for itself. You know, we chat a little bit about what's going on in the news, music-wise. Um, always a little bit of a tie-in. But in this section, you're going to hear maybe some dramatic statements being read. Uh, you might hear a little bit about what it's like to play live in suits. A famous face cancelled again. It's not Frank Ocean. There's your hint. Um, some impressions of uh, a modern crooner, some might say. Um, and a band that we thought might have been good guys, you know, at a Tory conference, probably not the best. It's the news section and it's our best bits from it. Enjoy. Lee Ryan from Blue. This is uh, October 26, 2001. Uh, Apologised for remarks he made in the Sun newspaper, claiming that the terrorist strikes against New York, that being 9-11, quote, have been blown out of all proportion. So we needed Lee Ryan to weigh in on this political issue for sure. Uh, he, and boy, did he weigh in. He asked the question, who gives a fuck about New York when elephants are being killed? To the consternation of his three bandmates, Ryan went on to say, quote, they are ignoring animals that are more important. Animals need saving and that's more important. This New York thing is being blown out of all proportion. This happened. This interview was given and printed and subsequently retracted via the medium of apology. Do you remember but Yeah, his retraction is excellent as well, where he said, I'm not that good with words and I get mixed up. Yes, actually, can you uh, scroll down there and can you please read out the statement in full, which, okay. which, which ran on um, officialblue.com at the time. I'll try to put on my pious voice for this, I suppose. If um, I can find the instrumental of All Rise, I'll put it as a bed underneath this. By now you might have heard about the stupid comments I made the other day to the Sun newspaper. I just wanted to say to you all how sorry I am. I can't believe I said it. I didn't even mean it like that. And the second I said it, it was like, oh my God. That isn't what I meant. All I can say is that since we got back from New York, we've all been asked again and again about our experiences there. And to be honest, what we saw in New York was so bad that I've always tried to avoid talking about it. New York was awful and I hate myself that people might think I don't care. I cried my eyes out when I watched the terrors collapse, but I just don't want to go on about it as if I've something important to say about this tragedy. And so in my stupid, aggressive way, I tried to steer the conversation onto other topics. I'm not good with words and I get mixed up, but I know what I'm saying when I say I'm sorry. Now, I will say that last section, I'm not good with words and I get mixed up, but I know what I'm saying when I say I'm sorry. They're great lyrics for a blues Fantastic song. Fantastic lyrics, yeah. They should have used them. They should have leaned into this. Call it Elephant Pain or something. And listen. Elephant in um, the room. <laughs> elephant in the room. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but um, I, I, an amazing thing to wake up to at the start of the week. I checked my email, right? Got a press release. Press release told me that a certain man is coming to Ireland for a gig, right? A rare opportunity, <laughs> if you will. To finally, I've been waiting patiently for this, <laughs> to finally see Nal Rogers and Sheik perform <laughs> in Dublin. Who could believe? One incredible night wow. in, St. in St. Anne's Park Don't next miss June. it, folks. In where? St. Anne's, Anne's Park? Yeah, St. Anne's along, Park, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a co-headliner with Tom Jones. With Tom what? Jones? Mm-hmm. I'd go Dude, and see Tom Jones. Tom That's Jones is unreal. the biggest story. It's called the Ages and Stages Tour. 
So we, there you go. we supported Sheik once we as did. houseplants. I thought you had Belfast. the opportunity. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Belfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once in a lifetime opportunity how, how was to that? support Sheik. It was a really tough gig, actually. It was difficult. Yeah, it was a lot of. <laughs> it was like way a far it bigger was, show than we'd ever played. It was lash and rain, and there was mud like, everywhere. So many people running around on stage getting things organized yeah. while you were playing. Yeah. Well, no, while we were trying to set up for a sound check and stuff, but. It's just like, you know, you do those sound checks back to back like that all the time, but they're normally in, and they have you know, 100 seater venues, not, not yeah. stadiums. Like Sheik have these like huge flight cases uh, that are just like up against the side of the stage, and I didn't know what they were. I well, there's so much funk contained within those yeah, cases. Yeah. Like, you have funk, just, funk cases. Yeah. Yeah. You have to bottle it and bring but it over. You'd, you'd open them, and they're just like all costumes. Yeah. Like, just like they all had like 20, 30 costumes each, and they would just go up to the stage on their sound check and just like choose something and then put it on and then go out. You guys dress up though at the shows, houseplants, you wear, yeah, you wear suits. We do, suits. We do yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is great. It's really nice to dress up for the show. I was going to ask, great. is that a decision that you've come to regret? Especially you, Alex, because you know, you're a drummer, you know, like wearing, wearing, wearing a constricting shirt and um, slick slacks. You know, it's it's <laughs> slick slacks. <laughs> I would always get disappointed that I like told myself, well, I can't wear a jacket because I got a drum. And then I've since been to see loads of people wearing jackets as they drum. And I'm like, I have to. No, but it's like, it, I, th- I think I should. I think I really should. What if you got the sleeves off like a metal? Drummer. Yeah, I could do that absolutely. Yeah, while it's like some school of rock kind exactly, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The alternative <laughs> some, member uh, of the band. Bolts put in around the um the, uh, the collar. The, he- <laughs> the heat is the thing. Like you can kind of you we almost play a game. It's almost Paul mobility particularly, as well. Just like, like if it's getting too hot, like who's going to be the person to take off the thing first? Like every single one of those songs heat. is 142 BPM, yeah. and yeah. they're all 16 double time. Yeah, like, every they're single all, one like, of them. Super speed. Like yeah, it's very difficult. But I would like to try it i'd never have done it new metal is back baby <laughs> and if these trends continue hey okay so let me tell you we'll all be eating good guys <laughs> online interest in new metal is now at its highest point since 2004 oh my God, i've never seen you beam in, as the, as you are right now. in the united states of america when google trends began tracking such data the rise in the genre's popularity was spotted and shared by the popular twitter account Crazy ass moments in new metal history. Do you run that account secretly, David? Surprisingly enough, I don't actually. I followed it before, but I had to unfollow because the guy just posts way too often. Too much new metal. Too, there is such a thing. Yeah, uh, my doctor diagnosed me with that <laughs> back in in two thousand five. Um, so yeah, um, the data shows an up and down wave of search interest in the term new metal between two thousand four and around two thousand seven, before plateauing between two thousand nine and approximately twenty twenty. But since twenty twenty, interest in new metal has seen a steady rise overtaking its previous peak from 2004 around August of last year. So yeah, the 20-year rule that's often cited, everything comes back again. Is it time to break out the wallet chains, the lip rings, the backwards baseball caps, the board shorts? (laughs) I think it is. (laughs) The DC shoes. I think it's time. I'm going to be rolling, rolling, rolling out of that scene. Absolutely not. I think think you're drinking the Kool-Aid coming out with something like that now. It's very funny, I will say. The next story I have here is the ultimate in uh, mid-afternoon Irish radio segments. So I'm going to try. Oh I'm going to try and do like a like like a I don't like know, lunchtime live. Jeopardy esque. Uh, Two Johnnies you know. eat your heart. <laughs> I can't do an impression of them. I don't even know if I can do an impression of anybody. But like I could try the Jeopardy one maybe. I did it for like two seconds last week. <laughs> you broke out toes. Any amount of time is more. Well, Link than and you'll miss it. Like you know. So I'm kind of like no. Uh, no, like, no like, if you happen to have an old school iPod in your house, maybe you can be in for some money. Hugh Carr. Join us now, <laughs> Joe. Dolly. So yeah, if you do, you have any? Do I actually, Adam? You're a fucking collector of things, I assume. I do either of you have a, have like any old iPods? Yes. Okay. 
So you'd be interested to know that a first-generation Apple iPod has just sold for 29000 US dollars. Let me tell you, the state mine is in. No one, like, they'd be, they'd be doing me a favour taking it off my hands. No, it's, I have it, but it's in bits. So I'm this iPod was originally bought by the parents of a teenager in 2001 as a Christmas gift for their son. Fucking upper middle class family Very right there. Nice. It was purchased on Apple Store in in Plano, Texas. I thought I said Piano, Texas, and I was like, that what, a, what an appropriate name what, for a place. Town, that, yeah. What town that would be? They've outlawed <laughs> pianos. It's down on the keys. That's where that's where they got it. From Piano, Texas. Um, <laughs> for the price of 399 uh, US dollars at the time, so quite the upgrade here. Mm-hmm. It remained untouched in its original packaging until its recent rediscovery. Ah, fucking get a light. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, like what you get an iPod. Oh, this is a great Christmas present. I'm never gonna touch this. Get this yeah. quote. Get this quote from like the so it was sold on an investment platform which I'm not going to name because mm-hmm. fuck those yeah. you know platforms rich. Yeah. <laughs> fuck rich people so here's the quote about the about the kid who got the iPod right he wasn't sure what he wanted to do with it so he put it on a shelf and then inevitably time passed how can you you can't <laughs> you couldn't leave something on a shelf for twenty odd years twenty two years without ever once time makes fools of us all. That- like what? Like hold on a sec. Like I refuse to believe that the this owner is found the iPod in the original blue Apple bag while cleaning out his childhood home after the passing. He didn't of even it. take it out of the bag. Yeah. Absolute freak. In the original bag while cleaning out his childhood home after the passing of his father, solidarity brother. It truly is a time capsule. The guy says, oh, "No, it's not a time capsule. It's an iPod. It's not a time capsule if you never used this. There's nothing on it. There's nothing on it. Mine is a time capsule because it has the horrible history CDs that used to come in the cereal box with it. It has a ticket out of Loserville." <laughs> I was going to actually ask, could either of you, could either of you remember anything? Because like, I, I didn't get an iPod uh, for a while. I would, I would have had like a creative, I had one of those kind of creative ones. Was that were like, yeah. I, the small one first, which is the one that it was like, it was like a detachable USB thing and it was like 256 megabytes or something. Mm-hmm. Then I eventually got a creative Zen and it was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then I eventually got like an iPod Touch or something. But like I'm trying to think what I would have had on those back in the day. I'd say I would have had like the end of Heartache by Killswitch Engage. Of and course. like. I don't know, like, oh, which by the way, I'm currently bumping that loud on the bus and stuff. So like, start making it like I drive the bus. Um, <laughs> get on, it's the hell bus. No, no, I Stony Batter. Calling it Ungar. No, no, great song. I would have, yeah, I would have had like that kind of stuff and like probably like, you know, some wrestling themes, I'd say. My, so. Slipping off for sure. I had. And I, I think I had the second generation iPod because uh, we had Andy's and uncles that would go to America and they would come back with oh, yeah, the gifts yeah, and listen that there. Look, there, that's the most dangerous. That was like a, a my, lost art. My, my, yeah, I know. There's no, there's not enough. Why aren't my <laughs> relations giving me gifts anymore? This is what I want to know. <laughs> because you would do this, you would just leave leave it aside and not treat it well. What? So there has been an interest in vintage Apple products recently. So I'm, I'm going to ask you both now. An original factory seal 2007 4 gig Apple iPhone was sold for a record breaking amount at an auction in Louisiana. In the dollar amount, Adam, how many dollars? I am going to say factory sealed. Is that what I said? 2007 original factory seal 4 gig Apple iPhone. Uh, I'm going to go a million dollars. It's a lot less. Hugh Carr. <laughs> I'm going to say. Half a million? The answer is $200,000. <laughs> That's still far too much. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. still far too much. 200,000. Uh, when it came out, there was only two storage options, 4 gig and 8 gig. Wow, that's like a thousand songs. The 4 gig was quickly discontinued a few months after its release due to its initial unpopularity compared to the counterpart. 
And then, uh, they, then they went to the 8 gig, 16 gig 8 model. 8 gig, 16, yeah. then yeah, 16, yeah. 32 after that. 32, yeah. 64. Now it's like up to 256 gig, I think, on Listen. iPhones now. And also uh, a fully working 1976, 77 Apple One computer with a custom built-in keyboard power supply, handmade case, and original Steve Wozniak signature is being auctioned off and is expected to also fetch $200,000. I did see uh, there was like a thing on Netflix. It was like an auctioneer, like an auctioneer's thing, or like some collectibles guy. And you talking about bargain hunt? No, it's um, <laughs> BBC show. No, it's an American dude, and he like owns a collectibles company, like an auction house, collectibles auction house or whatever. And Pawn Stars? Uh, no, it's not that. I can't think of the name of it. Mm-hmm. If I'm I loving did, this, if I it will, yeah. it will come back to me. But there is like a guy on it who has. I'm not even joking. Like an American. Ga- like garage full of Apple products one of them being like the original like an original prototype that Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak made like absolutely banana stuff and all like in boxes and everything like completely mint condition it, like get a life <laughs> get a get, like I don't know touch some grass or something touch like, some know? grass are we moving on to the yeah uh, to, listen, the big, to the big screen is listen, it is let's that? move from one Fab Four to <laughs> Our Fab Four. Hit it. He's a communist. If you think about that, <laughs> that's kind of mad, isn't it? We haven't played that in nine months. In nine <laughs> months, Craig. That's we a crowning achievement. We that's a we, masterpiece. The bottle box is Try not, and make that AI. The bottle box has not been opened in nine months. Why is it open now? And who's winning our innovation award? It's Bono and the lads. <laughs> not Larry. The biggest screen. He's chilling at home. <laughs> you could say. Yeah, yeah. The box has become a sphere in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> so everyone knows about this at this point. But, um, They're called U2. There are four plucky lads from Dublin. Although not four lads anymore really uh, not in this three venture. lads they're three Bram lads and Vandenberg everybody. great name Vandenberg brilliant name brilliant name and he's been joining them in um, the 516 foot wide and 366 foot tall spherical structure in Vegas the world's largest LED screen the optic <laughs> prison that is oh the God. sphere <laughs> But seriously, like, let's all hail Paddy Murta from County oh, Dublin, yeah, yeah. who said, go. we should all sing Party Hard by Andrew WK and pretend it's 2001 all over again. Now, do you know what was especially Rangers. weird about that selection, Craig? Well, you captured the zeitgeist on I the uh, Irish did. Airways. <laughs> 24 hours previous to this article coming out on the Irish Times website, I was on News Talk yeah. with Anton Savage, right? talking about songs that make you happy because there was a new study in the University of Sheffield that this is how to write a happy song, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was asked to submit a few of my options. And I was like, here are the first five that came to mind. And I picked... Well... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was... That was... Send the summer. Check that it out. was a listener it. suggestion, though, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, I picked um, Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye, yeah. uh, Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations, Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher and Higher by Jackie Wilson, uh, Biology or The Promise by Girls Aloud, right. The Paid Biology. Which led to Anton Savage being like, this is, quote, saccharine muck, he called it. And I said, on national airwaves, I said, girls oh, like f- yourself, Savage. 
<laughs> and that's why I'll never be on his talk again. <laughs> I said, You're just a stand-in. Where's the other guy? No, I said, um, I said, girls that have uh, as good a singles run as the Beatles, and he looked like he was going to kill me. Incredible. But of course, work. in between my my number four selection, and to my shock, they played this on fucking news talk. You were concerned that they weren't going to play it as they well. They played yeah. "She Is Beautiful" by Andrew Tremendous. W. K. That is amazing. Uh, oh, which well, is sir. the greatest song of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't play the middle eight. I should I should have isolated the section. Oh, but still, man. again, he was like, "What are you on about?" But Andrew W. K. The next day, in an Irish Times article, what's happening? Electric picnic has been and gone for another year. Did you go? I didn't. Well, what are we going to talk about? Uh, electric picnic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go either. Uh, but I tell you who did go. We sent no encore roving reporter and festival correspondent Hugh Carr down to Stradbally for the weekend. We didn't really. His employers did. And Hugh has come back with us with a special report. You're listening to Rotate 106.5.5.5.5. Rotate, rotate, rotate. Hi there, you're listening to Flat and the Whites here now on Rotate 103.6. Talking to you about EP this weekend. Were you there? Send us your text into 085107-104.555. It was absolutely amazing, man. My personal highlight, have to say... Idols, man, they were absolutely amazing. A little bit of anti-imperialism, you know, it wouldn't really be my cup of tea usually. You know, I wouldn't really be joining those lads saying, fuck the king and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But it was just absolutely amazing. But you got to check out the spotters' stages as well. Scustin, that's one band you're really going to check out there now. Scustin, they're absolutely incredible stuff. Jameer Kwai meets Michael Skinner. Michael, as I like to call him, Big Mike, Big M, Big Skin Dog. Absolutely incredible stuff there from those guys. Really want to check them out. But the main stage is really where it's all at. You know, it's just really the place that you want to be at the festival. You know, even though Billie Eilish was dying with a sickness, she managed to pull a great set out of the bag. Killers were absolutely amazing, even though the sound technician seemed to have fallen asleep on the volume button and couldn't really hear them after 500 metres away from the stage. But my personal highlight from the main stage had to be Fred again, man. The world's best Nepo baby. You know, you gotta say what you want about Mr. Again. He really knows how to push those tiny, tiny buttons. You're listening to Rotate 106. Don't forget, we've got Ed Sheeran on the way. But just until then, I'm going to live tweet my girlfriend telling her that we're breaking up. Stay tuned. Well, let's talk about some live action that went down of an Irish nature this week, which actually, no, sorry. The first thing we should talk about here is that Pusha T has ruined the entire month of May. Famously. Yeah. By once again cancelling his Irish show at the last minute. Who saw this coming? like him, would it? Who Never. saw this coming? Do you know why? Same excuse, production issues. The exact same. This Copy and paste. This is a man. This is a man who gets on stage, generally from what I've seen, with a backing track. Yes. And just some basic visuals. Yes. And does some rapping. And what did he quote as the reason for his we, cancellation? We can't bring you the wonderful production tour that we've envisioned in our heads and we have to go back to the drawing board or something. What's and he doing? Like? What kind of, like the push tease the wall. I mean, like, like what, what kind of <laughs> insane high concept majesty are we going to get? It's like, and meanwhile, so he's, he's basically shifted the European tour mm-hmm. um, and added, a bun- uh, added some dates and changed some dates. And in the melee... Ireland is just gone. <laughs> and the Ticketmaster email has gone out offering the refund because there's no rescheduled date. 
the man isn't coming. He hates me. <laughs> Specifically. Exclu- yeah, exclusive view. It was too want- good to be true. I knew it. It was the same as Christmas. It was just like, because again, I was supposed to go with Richard, like Richard Chambers, and he was like, he messaged me there on Monday being like, one week today, buddy. And I'm like, yeah. And I, and I was weirdly unhyped because I just mm-hmm. didn't. Because you knew. <laughs> I, yeah. Did you know, Dave? I got a text. I got I got a text. Oh, I got no, no. <laughs> I got a text Directly, about not can, coming, babe. Can't, can't make it, babe. I got a text yeah. about ten or fifteen minutes before Push T and N. So you know, an insider did in fact give me a heads up, mm-hmm. and it just said Push T has cancelled, <laughs> and I literally just I just burst out laughing. I was just like, of course. What did do you want to quote the the voice note that you sent me about the Dublin date? What did I say again? You said Dublin absolutely yeeted from the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeeted into oblivion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, listen, I just, I feel terrible because I desperately wanted to see him. <laughs> and now it's just become this horrible fool me once, you know. Have you ever had any kind of gig-related heartbreak where you like were desperate to see someone that cancelled or you went and you finally got to see someone they were terrible? For my, for our first wedding anniversary, my wife got me tickets to Al Pacino and Three Arena. And he... Was meant to be this April, coming April, I think. But he's yeah, it's been, it's been like pulled, not cancelled, but like there's been no announcement of dates. It's like it's never coming back. Oh, I'll God. never sit in a massive, massive like a couple of thousand seater venue and see a tiny old bewildered Al Pacino talk about heat for the fucking millionth time. <laughs> tell us uh, if you if you got to ask me a question, would it, like I think I'd be like I'd be like, tell me about the, making the recruit. Yeah. <laughs> With Colin Farrell, I don't. What would I ask Al Pacino? Um, what we, what were you really snorting on Scarface? Wink. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, it's it's. I love. Yeah, maybe I just get up and ask the most generic, like, "What was Marlon Brando like?" <laughs> the whole three arenas, like, "Boo!" What do you think about What do you think about Marvel movies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever do a Marvel would you film? Ever do Mar- Who would you play? Would you be Doctor Doom in Marvel? Uh, would you? <laughs> or ask him like, uh, what was it like making Raging Bull? <laughs> oh no! Oh, fucking hell! Get that guy out of here! Get him out of here! <laughs> well, I hope he comes back, and I hope you get to see him. I'd ask him about that David Mamet play. Was it like China Moon or something? Or he was where he was like, it was a there's a there was a whole like New York or New Yorker article about. It, it was like him and this other actor, but like he was reading his lines off cue cards, which whatever, he's, he's an old lad, but uh, apparently it was like shockingly bad from a play perspective and like everything else and behind the scenes and all that. I'd ask him about that, get him real riled up. Yeah, and he storms off after one question and you're like, you go back to your wife and you're like, that was the best present. I, yeah. I did that. Did you yeah. see that? I did you that. You see all those articles that are being written right now? Oh, I caused that. There were there was a tier of tickets that you could like go meet. Like these, this was like, Pay you would not be 7, able to afford it. Seven thousand euro each. And like, yeah, would I pay seven thousand euro to go meet Al Pacino? And he would detest me so much. He's I like, do you know, like, him again. You're the kind of person that would pay. Like, yeah, this I love your videos. <laughs> My headline that I've written for myself here is uh, "So much for the tolerant left," and I'm going to have some audio to assist us with what I mean by that. There was a a Tory party conference this week in the UK. I wasn't at it. You weren't at it, were you? No, I didn't get the invite, unfortunately. That's a shame. Uh, Adam? No, I, I turned down the invitation to it. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Burn that mailing list. Yeah, I actually, I saw it. And let me tell you, I was not best pleased with what I heard. Well, uh, time for the listener to, to share your pain. Let's have a listen to the entertainment at the uh, after party at the Tory party conference from this week that took place in Great Britain. Time to smash that late bar. Free bar. <laughs> 
at the start of that does the front I, I can only assume it's the front man from Top Loader that's right everyone is Top Loader Top Loader by the way <laughs> people just do nothing found rotten in a ditch because absolutely the my selector vibes from that guy at the start is unbelievable the tone is so different that was Top Loader with their big song their only big song Dancing in the Moonlight and uh, yeah I love when he's like get ready to smash that late bar that's a highlight the crowd coming in too early on the chorus is a highlight uh, the entire thing is just a highlight really. you hear the out of time clapping but also right listen in that recording if you listen close enough how many student union gigs do you think Top Loader have played? Like, how many times do you think they've played oh, this them. song? <laughs> they've and played everyone to ever exist. Selling their soul to the devil by even just continuing this charade to even turn up to any live gig. But to the Tory party conference, what are you doing, Top Loader? Rudy Kensler said something during uh, during that audio there. Oh, no. Do you want to repeat it? That was off air. No, I, I said it's a good song. <laughs> and it's, it, you said it yourself. If you were like out and that song came on. I didn't say if I was out. If I said if I was obliterated. Of your head. Of my mind. <laughs> you, would, you would sing along. I thought the best thing was, at first, I didn't know he said smash that late bar. And I thought he said smash that like bar. Like a YouTube guy. <laughs> At a live gig, smash that subscribe, go home, log in to YouTube and follow us, smash that like bar. On all socials, yeah. <laughs> Don't miss an update yeah, from Top Loader. We'll be back to that bell, guys, for notifications. Okay, so how about we start with, with Arctic Monkeys? Yes, right? Monkeys back in Somerset. Yes, they perform. The Monkeys. <laughs> yeah, give me your best, Alex Turner. I was have been walking around the house all week going, Greg and Groom. Which is all I could hear from okay. my television. Okay, right, okay. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a bit of a debate here. So <laughs> I'm getting a sense. Right, Arctic Monkeys, uh, despite pulling out of their Dublin date uh, midweek due to laryngitis on uh, that struck down Alex Turner, uh, performed. He laryngied to us. Lovely. I love it. It's a gay burn joke, by the way. It's still great. <laughs> well, uh, imagine imagine he was in front of the Oireachtas Committee right now. I, I couldn't, couldn't imagine that. What would he be saying? Squeaky clean. Here's the thing. Alex Turner and his band of merry men popped up for the third time as a headliner, I believe. I believe so. At Worthy Farm at Glastonbury. And the internet was set ablaze. Let's have a little listen to what they sounded like. Go, go, go. That's not. <laughs> The cinema is something I, I love going to yes. and I think that there's something very romantic about going into a, this building full of strangers and everyone just shutting the fuck up. Yeah, I agree. Apart from, you know, if it's scary, you, you scream, if I mean, it's funny, yeah. you she laugh. I mean, she had me for, like, at the part of like experiencing it together, laugh together, scream together, do full-on character analysis <laughs> What? What on earth? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's full-on, like, what, so the cops knew Infernal Affairs yeah. were setting them up? Like, yeah. And I, like, I just, you know... I appreciate that the more time has gone on, the maybe the less patience people have for going to a movie and shutting the fuck up for two hours, three hours at a time. Mm. But don't take it away. Change the culture. Like, like this, this can't be. You can't like, like Zara Larson must be stopped. Yeah, I'm sorry, but she has to be stopped now. This is too much. This is like, uh, this is awful. I couldn't believe. Like, I, like, oh, it's just. (laughs) No, do you think is she trolling? Is she over egging? I'd say she knows this is going to get a reaction. Like, 
But I, well, fucking mission accomplished. <laughs> this podcast just gave that new single free publicity. I didn't say what it was called though. Um, so if she's, so you're saying if she's free Valentine's Day, you're not. Actually, in, the in single the, is called. <laughs> I mean, like it's more of a moral thing, Craig. I'm 13 years older than her, and I, I just don't know if we'd have that much in common. Fair, I fair. think uh, her song is called "Can't Tame Her," which might very well fall into what she's talking about. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I just the whole thing is just like fine. Maybe it's just out there. Maybe it's just like to fucking. It is designed to wind people up, but like. There's nothing fucking worse, man, than terrible cinema etiquette. It's awful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Because you're kind of trapped there as well. It's just... There's it, actually the worst thing is the anticipation of bad behavior. Awful. You know, when you're there and you're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you either see people coming in, you're like, oh no, this is like, <laughs> I can I can tell from the vibe. The vibe is usually it's like You've 10, 15 year olds in audience. <laughs> but like, I remember going to see like Mission Impossible Fallout and these lads had like a scrap in the front row at one stage. A fucking shoe flew over my head. I was that like, that sounds kind of fun. It was kind of fun, but also it was like, hey, Ethan Hunt's doing stuff, lads. I'm trying to, you know, tune into this. Yeah. When I went to see Tar, um, some old man stood up in his seat for two minutes and I was like what's he gonna do is he gonna pull out a fucking gun was it just out of pure suspense or like maybe he was just stretching his legs it was a long movie I, I don't quite know <laughs> I don't quite know what was happening but like I just like yeah it's it, it's 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 getting worse and <laughs> if you have rhetoric hateful rhetoric like this sweeping the TikTok you know it's is a, it getting worse though I think it might be I mean, it's 15 Craig, years. I don't think you're in a position. You don't go. Yeah, yeah. Go, go twice. It's 15 years since you've twice. gone to the cinema. <laughs> it's 15 years since I saw Live Free or Die Hard. And in New York, yeah. In New York. And that was one of the best cinema experiences of my life because people were speaking directly at the screen. What happened the first time John McClane killed somebody? It wasn't the first time. Oh, sorry. The first time he killed someone, yeah, was with a fire extinguisher in a hallway and there was a standing ovation. <laughs> standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> and just like whooping and clapping. And um, yeah, the finale was, no spoilers for... Um, you can spoil <laughs> Die Hard 4. Die Hard 4.0. Oh, <laughs> you can spoil Die Hard 4. All right. He ends up getting disposing of the bad guy. Timothy Oliphant, the great Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah. By um, shooting himself. Uh, or as one man put it, who, as it happened, <laughs> stood up out of a seat, went into the aisle and was just staring at the screen in disbelief, too looking much, around too and being like, are you people seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> and then he exclaimed, <laughs> he shot himself to shoot somebody else. <laughs> and everyone was just like, yeah! <laughs> it was the best yeah. popcorn flying. It was great. So, you know, maybe she has a point. We'll move on to our final news story. Uh, it concerns Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher. Zara, what's he up to this week? He's only gone and bloody... Blot? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, shuffling your papers like you're on like the six o'clock news. Fucking Gary Lineker up here. Um, he has only gone and bought Noel Edmonds' mansion near Cannes. So he has bought um, for three million pounds. This will get you a three-floor, six-bedroom property. That is actually not too bad, I guess. I guess it depends on how, how it's laid out. I assume it's... Yeah. yeah. Um, TV presenter Edmonds, Deal or No Deal, Noel's House Party, which I forgot that he hosted as well, is said to have listed the house for four million in 2018 before Sorry, moving forgot, to New Zealand. You I forgot what you, you forgot that Noel Edmonds presented Noel's House Party when my headline for this news story was Liam's House Party. Yeah, I was, I was born in 1992, Dave, but that show was probably on when I was only a child. <laughs> this is just... <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, Liam has been telling mates, I've, <laughs> I've bought Mr. Blobby's house, said a source. 
That's a made up quote. There's no way. That's probably why I said blot. Him and his. Yeah, there you go. You'd blobby on the brain. Uh, Him and. I'm sorry, sir. It's blobby on the brain. (laughs) Stage four. There's nothing we can do. It's another like Steery Lee esque. It's nothing we can do for you. Um, Oh my goodness. I just saw, sorry, Liam's quote. He said, I will rock a beret easy. I'll rock the onions as well. And a stripy thing and a wonky bike with a baguette on my arm. I'll rock that. Debbie speaks French so she can do all the ordering. I love him. <laughs> okay. How do you follow all of that goodness up? Well, we're going to go somewhere a little bit brighter and a little bit, you know, more positive than Pusha T cancelling another gig. And we're going to move to our pièce de résistance, our top five section and our favourite moments from the top five section. Um, plenty here. Plenty here. I could have taken one from every episode, but that would have been absolutely far too much. Um We've got lots going on here. We've got um, me somehow losing my mind, forgetting what a cartoon is. Uh, We've got a little bit on meme culture, particularly in comedy songs and people kind of putting things together, taking them apart. We had a couple of laughs there. Someone discovering that an actor had a music career that is a favourite of ours on the show. You may know who we're talking about. Um, And plenty, plenty more. I won't ruin anything for you. Strap in. It's our top five faves. Enjoy the section. So this is the part, because you've jogged my, my memory here. This is the part where I have to shame Adam now. Oh. I feel bad about doing this. No, I deserve it. <laughs> I was talking to Adam yesterday about this top five, and I said, what's your own shouts for the top five? You have my text message thread? I have, I have it right here you're in front about of me. To, listener, you're about to hear of a man's mind unraveling for no reason. It's incredible. This is like, it was half four yesterday, and I said, I got a hell of a top five here, I have to say. Uh, Adam replies, you know I love when you tell me this because 100% of the time it has been excellent. And, uh, yeah, he's my true. biggest cheerleader, everybody. It's true. Like, yeah, when he's like, mm, it's really good this week. But I said, what? It's definitely really good. And, and when he's like, I really found it in this week, I'm like, it's I didn't still say really I found, good. I, I, said, I said I had a lack of prep time, but yeah. I did my best. I said mm-hmm. the top five will speak for itself. Uh, spoilers for, you know, me being a, a mess of a human being. I had to go see Mission Impossible, guys. Point is, Very right? important. I said to Adam, what's your own shouts for the topic? Looking Adam, knowing that the topic was top five cartoon TV themes. Literally just read it. Yeah. Adam replies immediately with a fervor of enthusiasm and he says, actually I haven't thought it yet, but immediately Severance comes to mind. I loved that. And I went, the Apple TV show? And then Adam goes, and the bear. Well, that's probably 70% recency bias. Literally saw a team song. And I, said, and I said, I wrote back and I went, cartoons only, my dude. <laughs> and then, and then he goes, oh yeah, oh crap, of course. And then he goes, Futurama is a banger. Keenan and Kel, though, <laughs> what a tune! I th- I, I, and I, no, no, I, I, I grabbed that one and I, and I wrote back to him and I went, "Literally a live action show." And in italics, I went, "Are you all right?" <laughs> then, then I got a forty-eight minute voice note. Forty-eight seconds. 40, Jesus, sorry, 48 sorry. Forty-eight seconds. That's a podcast. I got a forty-eight second voice note, which was a loving tribute to the Keenan and Kel theme song, and I was like, Adam, what's happening to you? I look, I have not. No explanation as to why. The only thing I can think of is the concept of a cartoon. I knew, just, like, <laughs> like destroyed your brain. <laughs> I wasn't even doing anything. Is that it's a cartoon? I, is that a cartoon? It's not as if I was occupied. I genuinely, I do you know what I saw? I saw theme songs. That was it. And then I think you got enthusiastic. You, and then you said, "Is like." I need animated and I was like okay that means childhood then yeah, yeah. so like I immediately just went to like all, all great shouts stuff. by the way but nonetheless oh fuck incorrect me. disqualified can't explain it
Top Gun Maverick when it was out last year, like One Republic have a song in it, and your man Ryan Tedder was like, he was like referring to the usage of the song in the film over the volleyball scene, which is almost the entire song because it's like a two and a half minute song. Is the new Top Gun? Yeah, I want to see that. I loved it. Um, so you went to see it or you want to see it? I went. What no, did, I went. What did you think? Um, it was a film. Didn't like it? It was definitely a film. Oh my God. What is this? I mean, it was just like, it was so, it was camp. It was oh, so it's, camp. It's very camp, yeah. But then I went to see it and I was just like, as long as everyone's in on it being camp. I think they are. It's like, all these like guys with their big muscles like pouring water all over themselves <laughs> and like oiling each other up basically. And I'm like, this is... Someone's going to suck someone off. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, surely, is this meant to be camp? <laughs> With the One Republic song playing over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. he referred to it as an $80 million music video. Like, um, if, if we're okay with it being camp, but I'm sure there's a huge amount of lads out there who do not realise how camp it is. Where, did you go see it in America by any chance? Or was no, it? I went to see it on a rooftop um, thing in Peckham. That sounds cool. It was cute, it was freezing actually. But like, you know, there's definitely like a, a school of people who are very much like, you know, saluting the film while they're watching it. You know, yeah. it's like, this is for my... Okay, yeah, soldier. A single, a single, <laughs> no, a single tier, like, you know, but no, come on, like, like, like it's it's Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Like, come on, there's no way that this film, you know, it doesn't have, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not an ulterior motive or anything. Camp overtones. Camp overtones. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Overtones, undertones. Oh, I think I was at it best just a few minutes ago. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, pure shores by all saints. <laughs> Slain was amazing and I was really, really nervous for it. I was just, you know, it had been like, what, four years since a Slain had happened in general. So it was just, and there's just so many warnings about like, get here 70 million hours in advance and walk and get your buses and this, that and the other. Um, and also I kind of seen a lot on TikTok and stuff just about like how quotations crazy the fans are. And I was kind of like, I really don't want to be slid down a hill for fans like running like <laughs> yeah. toward, to this to maelstrom fans. of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that just didn't happen. And that's kind of like something that I have here is that like, obviously we're talking about these intense fans and like I can kind of go into stuff that has happened to One Direction or has happened to Harry Styles, but for me, like, I brought um, my boyfriend to it and I, <laughs> he brings me to, like like I said, Angel Olsen and I make him cough up 120 quid to go to Harry Styles. And I was, like, really nervous, but I was, like, it was so beautiful and I was so happy that he got to experience something like that because I think it was the closest I'll get to a football match and bear with me as I describe this. But, like, people would text me like what you weren't Harry Styles like it was like you wore your attire like I wore a glittery dress and on the bus down we had glitter all on our faces and we were drinking on the bus and doing each other's makeup and everything was beautiful and like for some of the songs there's like a specific dance that you do and there's like specific things that you shout back to him and like there's certain things that you do with your phone like to make light up at certain times and everyone has to get it right and I'm like this is class that 80,000 people are in on this bit do you know what I mean like I just don't think I'll ever get, like experience stuff like that again unless it's a football match where everyone is like punching each other because they <laughs> love the thing so much. But this, I was just like, everyone's in on it. Like, this is class. Like, we're all just doing the little, like the boot scoot dance and like I was doing it and then like these girls that I don't know were like, can you teach me? Can you teach me? And I'm going over and I'm teaching them the dance and I'm just like, I kind of, it almost breaks my heart that fans get like a bad rep when it's like the most beautiful thing that you can be a part of Yeah, as well. I feel that when Metallica tried to 
develop their sound and get a little bit experimental and kind of slow things down a little bit and be a bit more pensive and be a bit more and like I, I understand that because like you know for any artist for any musician you know you don't want to end up like fucking ACDC where you're just like repeating the same song for the last 40 years and there's no development and there's no kind of I don't know um yeah there's no development of it but at the same time you can look at a band like Slayer and it's always been a sort of a, 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 a distillation, if you know that kind of way. They've got something very pure. They know what works. They know how to funnel that into the sharpest version of whatever it is they're trying to say and do. We're only making diamonds in this band. Kind of, yeah. Like it's, like, it's like if it's not, if it's, and again, that's what I've always admired about Slayer is that there is a purity to it. Now, by the same token, I have I, I admire a band that tries and fails, and Saint Anger was a failure of a. If of we an didn't album. get Saint Anger, we don't get some kind of monster, the greatest and documentary there. of all time. And again, and I is some kind of monster. Like the last time I was on this podcast, in fact, you asked me about some kind of monster. You did a little voice note for I us. I did a little voice note for you, and I really feel that some kind of monster just. It was that thing of like, I must put away childish things now and become a man. Because it was like, any kind of mystique, any kind of, you know, little hero worship I had left over from Metallica. Dave Hanratty, that film killed it for me stone fucking dead. It just hacked its bones and just dumped them in front of me. And I was like, I can't listen to Metallica ever again. What you got up for me next? Okay, so remember during the week, just to kind of open the kimono a little bit here, remember when you were like, can we, kind of, <laughs> can we kind of push the boundaries of what a support act is? Now, how exactly would you define it? And I was like, look, I think if the, if the anecdote, the story, the memory justifies its inclusion, then that's good enough. Well, I really took my own advice at number two. Oh. You know, yeah, you, you you know I love you very much. Have you have you picked someone doing the intro to the Super Bowl? It wasn't the Super Bowl. You're close. It was the New York Jets versus the Atlanta Falcons. I was there. Uh, <laughs> bizarrely, I think I mentioned it on this podcast beforehand because I came on for episode 300 the following week. I remember this because I walked around London listening to a Coldplay album because because I am that selfless. But um, things I make you do. Yeah, but no. So that's Marisha Wallace who was singing before an NFL game held at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now. Like, honestly, if you want to hit pause and find it on YouTube, I won't hold it against you, right? She's doing this on top of the stadium. She's on the walkway above the stand at the Tottenham ground next to the big golden cock. Stop laughing down the back. Um, The whooshing sound that you can clearly hear around Home of the Brave is indeed a quartet of fighter jets doing a flyby. Followed by these like tons of like red, white, and blue fireworks going off the roof of the stadium. Boys, like 
if there was a pop-up US Army recruitment centre in the ground that day, I would have been gone. Like, these colours don't run, I'm off to Basra or wherever. Like, it was unbelievable, spine-tingling stuff. I've never seen a stage set quite like that. Uh, my number one in the flops, uh, this man has a connection to music like few others in the world uh, to the point that I just, I, I still can't believe that this is a real thing. I still think it's a joke. I still think I've had a psychotic break and this actually isn't a thing, but apparently it is. So here we go. Here's my number one. Riding high, day and night, satisfied wherever we roam. You're the star of the show. You shimmer like gold. that they play when like they send people into Love Island and it's like hello boys <laughs> uh, the bombshell at- music who the hell is this well Fanula um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's Jeremy Renner's music career what <laughs> it's Jeremy Renner uh, a man who gave himself a very bad review recently uh, when he hurled himself under some machinery but he's, he's doing okay so it's fine uh, Jeremy Renner is from the school of actors who confess that actually my real love is uh, it's music mm. uh, he said um, my, and can't you tell Dave he told can't People tell? Magazine uh, my family was my first love that song sorry that song was called Main Attraction I guess way, yeah I figured which I believe was like a collaboration with Jeep when it came out uh, yeah it was right yeah, oh, yeah it's such spawn con sound of music 10 million views on YouTube but I'm sorry this doesn't exist Uh, he said in People Magazine my family was my first love and then music acting came into my reign when I was 20 music has always been my first love as far as something other than my family uh, like this is like when the song. God, came he's out. really there saying, "Oh, it's close. It's so close. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a close, it's close second, but it's so close." <laughs> it's so generic, though. Um, he's like, when I was twelve, I remember I was in my house, and during the summer we cut out instruments and painted a keyboard and drums, all made of cardboard, because he came from a you know poor, a modest background. But now he's a megastar. He's done some covers as well. Do you want to hear a cover? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, let's let's hear Jeremy taking on one of the oldest and greatest songs of all time. laughter but I'm actually kind of welling up because oh, I'm so Adam is sad actually, about Adam this. Adam is actually crying laughter. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Was the, was the, the my father. <laughs> he's like, there is a how. He's singing like in cursive at some point and he's like, my father. 
this, is, this isn't a joke. He released a cover of House of the Rising Sun. This is him being sincere. I'm not. This is not a gag. That's this is, what makes it I worse. Know, yeah, it makes a oh, fucking hell. Is so Jerry. earnest with this shit. It's unbelievable. It's it's genuinely shocking. And just for Exhibit C, let's have fucking another. Hell, we're going back. There can't be another. Let's one, have another there? cover that Jeremy did of a '90s classic, a very sad song that was mentioned on the podcast a few months ago. And uh, yeah, let, let, let's just hear him cut to the quick and get inside our hearts and let us feel something. I can't do this again. <laughs> Man is swimming in a sea of auto tune. It's unbelievable. He sounds like Cher. <laughs> what? How can you be like? I love music so much; it fuels me. It's my passion, and then just go like. <laughs> it's so bad. This is what I don't get I about. I tell you, fucking T-Pain would step in and say, that's too much, that's, Jeremy. Yeah, just turn that knob down a small bit, like. That's him doing a cover of Crash Test Dummies, mm-mm-mm-mm, which it's, featured on top five Yarl anthems on the podcast recently, by the way. It's oh, never, they say it's for the love of the music or whatever, and if it was, they would do it privately and have a tablespoon of shame, as I like to assign to people who don't have enough shame. What a it's great, this, that could be his album title. A tablespoon of shame. Well, if Jeremy, if you want it it's free oh. don't look back in anger I think like do look back in anger I will look back in, I'll look to back to last week's episode <laughs> <laughs> well I'm gonna look back in joy with this song because I do genuinely think it is pretty incredible there are there are there is a video of me um, I was nearly going to, to send it in as a clip I might still send it over to you as a clip if you want uh, of me singing this song off a guitar I robbed off a fella with a joint still stuck into the, the strings of the guitar in a chicken shop in Liverpool. Um, this song is like ubiquitous. Are you wanted me. by the Liverpool authorities? I think I'm on the run. Yeah, I don't think I'm allowed. I mean, there are many reasons why I'm not allowed back in Liverpool, um, but that is not one of them. Um, or maybe it is. So uh, what happened in the like late 90s, early 2000s was amazing albums were released by Portishead. Mezzanine was released, which was one of the best albums um, uh, um, it was released by, by Massive Attack, Massive Attack. Attack yeah. Tricky you know released yeah, some pretty good stuff uh, and then everyone said okay let's record some songs then gets, let's get a load of batteries put it in a biscuit tin and then just stand <laughs> behind the singer and they're like rattle the shit out of it and tons of songs have this awful <laughs> of this awful stapled on electro trip hoppy like it sounds like it's oh my god it sounds like you know when they used to do the sound effects for like m- m- mice in cartoons, like behind every song, and it's the most bolted on nonsense. It is ter- a glitchy nonsense. Surely there are more intrusive examples than this. Oh one, no, 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 there is. But th- this annoys me because I can tell. I listened to this album, and I was like, "There's actually probably a good album here," and I really like that melody. Do you have an opinion? When that comes in, boom! Oh, yeah. it's such a good melody. Really, good. but I cannot. I cannot get away from the fact that someone is sh- shaking a biscuit tin full of batteries, like really close to the mic for like, you know, an hour's worth of music. It's it's so bad. Um, and U2 did it a bit. They had uh, this kind of, you know, sounds in the back 
some t- around the time of pop and stuff like that, which was like, okay, it wasn't great. Uh, Garbage did it. I think they ruined that second album. So you're putting the blame... Are you putting them squarely on like uh, Portishead, Mass Attack, or like like? No, do, I'm, I'm talking about. Do the Prodigy have a like? You know, yeah, would they be yeah. guilty well, of it, it, what influence? It is, it's trend chasing. Yeah, it's trend oh yeah. chasing. Hundred percent by labels, by producers. It's the same with the Metallica thing. Like, like it, that's it what this is. It's all this period, and the yeah. songs are all ruined. And like that album would have been a great straight rock album, except you know Butch Vig and the lads from Garbage had to put another 400 tracks on everything <laughs> let's get let's get like you know the more the merrier you yeah, know let's get if there's like, more tracks it's better <laughs> no. before we move on I counted the amount of past members do we have any guesses as to for suicidal tendencies 13 uh, no 17 33 fuck oh <laughs> holy shit that's so great someone was very difficult to work with it would seem and Dave Mustaine called him up and he said, your services are no longer required. And click, and then hired Jimmy DeGrasso from Suicidal Tendencies. And he's fired other people too, has he? He has fired so many people. It's unbelievable. I'm going to go and get the list of past members up again. <laughs> you can, like, there's, it's not as bad now as Suicidal Tendencies. So not 33. Not well, 33. On. Do you think that his addiction to firing people stems from him being fired by Metallica? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And he'd find that out if he went to some therapy. I, and do you know what? <laughs> You're dead right. I think <laughs> that man is has been reliving the messy... And this is why I picked this song and picked Megadeth and kept it to the end. Sorry to jump in here. Go on. I just went into past members and it just has a link saying full list. <laughs> <laughs> download, download the PDF I here. I swear to God, this is there's tables. There's tables <laughs> on this thing. You go, I'm going to sort this out. Talk amongst yourselves. But yeah. To close out this top five, which I think has been very educational. I would like to move in quickly. And would you like to know how many past members Megadeth has? Oh, yeah, sorry. Because yeah. I do have a number. Any guesses? 42. No, like 18. 27. That's still, oh, that's still that's very so impressive. Rich. Good Lord. I'm sure the number will grow and grow. It doesn't exist for the enjoyment of actually listening to it. It's been like, wouldn't it be funny if I made this? It's like, you know, the Shrek, but every time he he steps forward, it doubles in speed. <laughs> and like B-movie does it a lot. Do you know that kind of thing? It's one of those things that... It's such a reference in itself. It's just funny to have All Star in yeah, the title. It's a fuck also with the it, other like, one. It's pure there? outsider art, like yeah. disruption. The one where it's like um, it's Smash Mouth, but they don't stop coming, and it's literally that, that for the whole yeah. fucking thing. Which brings me on nicely to another way you can manipulate songs, which is to put the same lyrics in over and over again. Uh, and I think my favorite uh, version of this um, is probably the Christmas one. It's um, uh, are you hanging up your stocking on the wall uh, by Slade? Uh, so it's it's basically, uh, here it is, Merry Christmas by Slade. But every lyric, every single lyric in the song is are you hanging up your stocking on your wall? Are you hanging up your stocking on your wall? Are you hanging up your stocking on your wall? So that was uh, Are You Hanging Up Your Stocking On Your Wall by Slade. Um, it's incredible. If you are ever asked to do karaoke around Christmas time, 
make sure you put this on and do it because I, I did it at my brother's birthday and none of his friends because they're much younger than me knew what was going on <laughs> and then <laughs> then eventually they were like this is insane I love it you know kind of thing so um, yeah it's it's a really common kind of trope with a lot of songs so the other one is Low by Flo Rida um, somebody tweeted one time apple bottom jeans boots with the jeans the jeans the whole club was up in <laughs> jeans and then somebody obviously edited the song and I made it into a video so there's loads of versions of it it's another really funny way and it's just because people are bored in their rooms and it's like it There's doesn't take a huge amount of effort to do it but it's such a funny thought I do, yeah. to be I, like, I do have a it. clip of that particular one and yeah. I feel like I have to play you it you have to yeah. play it but yeah. before you do play it there's also you know you you were working you as were working as a waitress <laughs> in a cocktail bar yes. cocktail bar cocktail bar it's <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> Uh, again to go back to the slide one I remember the first time I heard it I was like I couldn't breathe from laughing yeah so I cried I was in pieces like I was just like this is the most surreal demented (laughs) absurd (laughs) slice of brilliance I've ever like to this yeah no seriously like oh man it's incredible but yes Adam I believe you're going to treat us I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do Mm. this everyone needs to hear this yes yeah Yeah, <laughs> incredible, absolutely incredible. But it's it's, I think it's, the it's key, crazy. Like with all of them, I think it's more like this should not exist, mm. but it does, and that's that's <laughs> where the humour comes yeah. from. I think. But it's re- I think it's really, really important to say that I think Geldof and Midge, your is that right? I never don't think I've heard it said. I only read, read Midge, your. Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? Like it's like what Brian Eno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Midge, your. Um, like it was a like, like Pat Kenny <laughs> Midget Ewer <laughs> right uh, number one uh, how do you follow that with this a song I think is bulletproof incredible bulletproof. <laughs> it's not no, it's, it's not it's not LaRue LaRue <laughs> number one uh, the greatest pop song of all time because I can see your soul in hands walking on the beach our toes in the sand Richard Chambers on a mission to ruin the song for me. Uh, it is My Love by Justin Timberlake. Uh, the greatest pop song of all time, would you agree? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm staggered that you said that. I think it's a very good song, but I'm staggered. It is, it's very much in keeping with my picks there. Key to your impression of that. What? <laughs> it's very good. What does Tim Blood say there? Uh, uh, so don't give away. Yeah. Don't give away. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to ruin it for me. I, I have to say, <laughs> an insane bit of music in there.
I can't not ask you a noted Timothy Chalamet stan. <laughs> yes. How are you feeling about Wonka? I have a photo of, there's a photo that my friend took of me finding out the news about Wonka uh, about two years ago. Like 9-11. And like... I'm, I'm just devastated. It's like, you know what they say, falling on Jen, my knees in a Walmart. Chalamet. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> the second Chalamet. A second Wonka has hit the I was like, I can't believe this is A, happening and B, that I'm going to have to go and see it. Like you know, it, you know who's doing the music? No, Neil Hannon. Oh, that's actually okay. Um, the 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 trailer's dog shit. I, I can mean, say that. I just saw an image of Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. They should get rid of them immediately because who wants to talk about their origin story? What? Well, that, that'll be like that's the, not good. That'll be the spinoff. Yeah. I mean, the, someone literally put out a tweet a few years ago saying. Watch them make some fucking origin story just called yeah. Wonka. And then, poof, here it is. Sexy Wonka. Well, I mean, like, look, a lot of my friends slag me off. Well, all of my friends slag me off about it as well. Because, yeah, what a name. Are you going to be Wonka in the <laughs> cinema? She's having a Wonka. We need like, a Barbie Oppenheimer. We need, like, a film to come along to be the Wonka. But the thing yeah. is, I'm going to have to Wonka see Nader, like, Wonka. Wonkenheimer. <laughs> Wonkenheimer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's tragic, but I'm going to have to see it. Day and I one. really don't want to. <laughs> like, well, I hope you get to review it at least. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, look, we, he, we've we seen him do that old Nicki Minaj number. I know he can sing. We've seen him do statistics. You know, he popped, up in, the, he popped up in the Kid Cody documentary. He did, yeah. And he was like, Cody's my life, man. Oh. And I was like, yeah. He's just a, he's a good lad. Leave him alone. <sighs> Is he still going out with... Uh... Is we don't talk K- about Kendall it. Jenner? We, we do- no, not Candle. <laughs> Shut it, Candle. Uh, it's uh, the other one, Kylie. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I can't well, keep up. I not, can't keep not up with anymore. this. Let's not go there. The idea of you, Car, being on the run from the police in Liverpool is absolutely alien to me. That man is so wholesome. It's absolutely unbelievable. And have <laughs> several people got in touch with uh, Fanula fi- finding out about Jeremy Renner's music career. Uh, it's an all-time moment for the show. So, so funny. Um, I hope you laughed as much as I did putting together all of these clips and going back through the show. I hope you laughed tr- with us throughout the year. Um, there was so many moments I wanted to include but couldn't. Um, and, yeah, really, really thankful to you, the listener, for sticking with us this year in order for us to, you know, make enough episodes to make another best of. And with that, that's the end of our clip show. Thank you so much for joining us for 2023. Can't believe it's the end of the year all over again, but that just means in 2024, there's going to be another best of and we're going to want your moments. So be sure to keep sending them to us. Subscribe to the uh, feed. It's uh, if you hit like on your Spotify feed on the No Encore show, You'll get your updates every time a new uh, a new episode comes out. If you really, really love what we do and you'd love to support us, it's patreon.com slash noencore. Like I said, we've got some big plans for 2024 and want to get some more content to you guys. So please do consider getting uh, getting at us over there. We're on Instagram at noencoreshow. You can follow ha- uh, Dave Hanready on Twitter at hanreddydave. Um, he's not just doing stuff noencore, he's doing stuff in the news. He's a newsman. He's a... Uh, yeah, he's an all-around great guy. He's making podcasts for the um, the Indo Daily as well, and they are absolutely fantastic. Please make sure to subscribe to them as well. Um, and once again, I just want to say thank you so much to all of our guests. 
in a year that we changed things up, it was absolutely fantastic to have the lineup that we did. And we really hope to expand on that in 2024. And of course, see some uh, familiar faces and faves return. As always, friends of the show for life. And um, we appreciate every single one of you that contributed to No Encore this year in whatever way you managed to do so. So thank you so, so much. But for now, I'm going to I'm gonna leave you with, uh, with a farewell for 2023 and uh, a happy new year for 2024. I hope you've enjoyed the Christmas period. I hope you've been having a nice rest and enjoying yourself and um, whatever way you choose to celebrate. But thanks so much for sticking with No Encore throughout the year. Um, it's great to have you. It's great to be a part of No Encore. And yeah, really, really grateful to all of you from both myself and Dave and all of our guests. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for allowing us to keep doing what we're doing and we're going to keep doing it in 2024 thank you so much this has been No Encore there will be an Encore in 2024 see you then take care